In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an awesome guest here with me, Russ. Russ, how you doing? Hi, Pamela. I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm doing lovely, my friend. You are radiating today. So I want to thank you so much for being here today. You are such a rock star, and I can't wait to hear about your journey and all the amazing things that you're doing today and what you're going to do in the future in the fitness world and the mindset world and all these amazing things that you're up to. So opening question for you, my friend. What led you to your journey to where you are today in, in a nutshell? Definitely, Pamela. And I, I appreciate, again, you having me on. I love connecting with successful, positive entrepreneurs uh, and just people in general like yourself. So, you know, I tell when I'm talking to clients, they come to me to, you know, help me transform their, their bodies typically first, or they maybe want help with their business and, you know, life coaching. But typically I start with the body and health first, because I believe that, you know, if you don't have your your health and your body maximized, then you can't be your best at your business. You can't be, you know, your most confident, you know, your most energetic for your, you know, your spouse and for your kids. So I typically start there and I tell them, you know, I'm 46 years old, you know, I run three businesses, I have three kids, you know, four and under, and I keep six pack abs 365 days a year and run circles around guys half my age. And then they, you know, they might kind of think I'm, I'm being cocky or, or arrogant. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying it for inspiration because it's not easy for me. I grew up the chubby kid. I love to eat. Then I overate. I still overeat. I'm totally transparent about that. I, you know, will still binge eat from time to time, uh, although I have learned how to control it. But I remember early on it, you know, 11 years old, I had to go back to school shopping. I had to get the husky pants. I hated it, you know, and it was, I hated that word too. But I remember specifically a moment where my dad had gotten a new VHS camera, you know, one of the old ones as big as the room. And he's taking home movies and he says, Russ, introduce yourself. And I say, my name's Russ. I like soccer. You know, I like basketball. I love my dog, Rudy. And then I looked down and pause and said, and I'm fat. And, you know, my parents both look at each other, don't know what to say, awkward moment. And finally, my mom said seven words that just like lit a fire. She said, Russ, you're not fat. You're just husky. And she said that because of the husky pants. And I, my mom was pretty aggressive and pretty smart. I don't, she was maybe trying to comfort me, but I think more so trying to light that fire. And it did. And I decided, you know, I loved, uh, you know, wrestling because it was entertaining and fun, but also like these guys that were, you know, just muscular, ripped, hard body guys. I said, I want to be that. And I started running because that's all I knew to do. My dad ran and he was in pretty good shape. And, you know, again, I'm eating too much. I didn't really understand you know, the difference between cardio and, and strength training and how to transform your body. And, you know, I guess I got healthier, but I didn't look any different. I uh, got introduced to lifting weights in late teens, early twenties, and really liked it. I liked the muscles. Again, I'm a young guy. I want to have muscles to, you know, attract the ladies, uh, you know, at that time, uh, got my undergrad master's in accounting. Uh, so I'm a CPA by trade, did that for about seven years, one of the big firms. And, you know, so I'm, I'm working out pretty consistently, you know, I'm learning some things, doing okay on my own, but, you know, I'm in my 20s. 
So I'm, you know, drinking, partying with my friends and coworkers. I'm, I'm in the accounting world. We're like working late nights, you know, client business dinners and all that stuff. So finally, Pamela, at 27 years old, I said, I'm going to get this part of my life taken care of. I hired an online coach. I uh, entered one of those uh, before and after contests, 12-week deals. To kind of put a couple of lessons in there, like if you want to change, like, this fascinates me. Like if anybody wants to make any kind of transformation in their life, number one, you've got to make a decision but more importantly, uh, commitment. And then if you've got that and it's real, you're going to find a way to succeed. But two things that can really help you is to get help, get a mentor or a coach, and then have some accountability. And when you know you've got to take these pictures and you know, you've got, you got to take your ending pictures, that's accountability. So I did everything my coach said. In 12 weeks, I took my body fat percentage from over 25% to under 5%. I uh, won the contest, got sponsored by a supplement company, got to be a sponsored athlete at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, started writing for some of the bodybuilding fitness magazines, and then people at the at work, and I knew, like, this is what I was put on earth to do. You know, I was scared to leave my full-time job, but, you know, long story short, I ended up doing that, and for the past uh, 15 years now, have, you know, full-time been, you know, helping, helped now my team and I, you know, have helped tens of thousands of people, you know, transform their lives you know, live healthier, happier lives, but starting with that, you know, getting control of their, their bodies and their health. I love that, Russ. You mentioned so many amazing things throughout the journey. So thank you for putting that all the whole timeline together. So when you were a kid, though, what did you want to be when you grew up? What was the inspiration at that time? I wanted two to be things, two things. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> funny. So number one was a pancake cooker. <laughs> because on Saturday morning, me and my dad would make pancakes and I was good at it and I, I liked it. And again, I'm the chubby kid that loves to eat. I still like pancakes. I still eat them, by the way. Uh, if you're wondering if I'm one of those guys that says you can never eat the not so healthy but delicious foods, you can. You just need to figure out how to fit it into an overall plan. And number two was a rock star. You know, for whatever reason, I loved, you know, me, me and my buddies would practice, you know, pretend we were rock stars, we'd video ourselves and, you know, dress up and all this stuff. So funny enough, you know, I'm not a, obviously not, not a pancake cooker, not a rock star, but I do Im obviously involved in food as a huge part of my life. And then, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak, you know, and, and on some pretty big stages, you know, I spoke on Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Con stage uh, mm -hmm. last year. And that was, you know, I got to come out to the, it was really like a dream come true. Cause it's like, you're coming out with the smoke and your, your theme music, it's almost like being a rock star and a wrestler, uh, which is really, I guess, probably the third thing. I told you I like the wrestlers. So, uh, so I'm not, not exactly what I wanted to be, but I'm getting to fulfill those, those needs in another way. I love that. That's so awesome. That's awesome. Somehow that childhood dream tied into what you're doing, which right? is incredible. I've never really, I love that you asked that question I don't, because I've never really thought about it, how it all kind of came together like that. <laughs> It always does. Life is crazy, man. It always comes full circle. And that's the beautiful thing, you know? And so when you shifted and when you decided, you know, when your mom said, no, you're, you're not fat, you're just husky. So the hardest thing, and we all know this, is to like get yourself into a habit of working out. Like it is like so dreaded. So what were the steps that you took to be like, all right, I'm going to better myself. I don't want to be a husky anymore. Like, how did you create that discipline to just say, okay, I'm doing it. Cause that is like the hardest part for anybody that I talked to. And it was for me too, just like getting in the routine. It feels like such a mental block, but it's really not. Cause once you start working out, it's like, oh, okay. You know, once you get to the gym or once you get to where you're going to be working out, you just do it. But like getting there, <laughs> how'd you yeah. break that? 
hundred percent. I mean, for me, and I think, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of people over the years. I think I've seen, again, you see different patterns, but one I've seen is people get to a point, like I said earlier, where they have to change, they make a commitment. You know, Tony Robbins, one of my mentors talks about the two motivating factors. You've got pleasure and pain. Pleasure pulls you, pain pushes you. And pain is, is typically a stronger motivating factor for people. So I had, again, it was, you know, sometimes I can't remember what I did 10 minutes ago, but I can remember exactly at 10 years old, that, that conversation, I can see it, I can feel it. So if there's enough emotion, enough pain to make a change, that's huge. It's still not enough. It may be enough to make you start, but to actually follow through consistently, which is obviously key, um, it's not enough. So I believe having that strong enough, you know, having that pain or that reason to change, having that reason why, connecting to that reason why, but then, I mean, getting help, having accountability in the beginning is so, so huge. So having someone, you know, whether it's a coach or a mentor or a trainer or just a friend, you know, so telling someone I'm going to do this. I just shared with my team, our financial, you know, business growth goals for this year. And they're, they're huge. They're a little scary, but you know, I put it out there now. So we got to go do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, no, you're manifesting it into the world. If you do that, right. You've got to write it down and you got to, because otherwise how's things going to happen, right? hundred percent. It's the first step. And then the follow through again, I'm, I'm a big believer in having help to, to keep you accountable in the beginning. I've used coaches, you know, since I hired that coach to win that contest at 27. And, you know, I've used coaches my whole life with, in, you know, in terms of business, marketing, sales, finance, you know, personal development, I still use fitness and health coaches, you know, and I don't need at this point, the discipline, it's just a, a habit. And that's one thing I'll tell people like stick with it long enough to see and feel results. Because when you start a workout program, it's not pleasant. You know, you're sore. It's hard. You're either getting up earlier typically, or you're going to bed, you know, later and you're, you're, you know, making sacrifices that are, that are hard. You're trying to eat better. And what's the problem is in the first few weeks, you're so sore. And if you're extremely toxic, you know, your body will be detoxing. So you feel really, really bad. But if you can just stick with it, I tell people three, you know, typically around three or four weeks, you start feeling really, really good. That initial soreness is gone. You start getting more energy. You start feeling good. If you're being diligent with your eating and your workouts, you can actually feel and see some body changes. And then it's still not guaranteed you're going to stick with it, but at least now you're reaping the benefits. So I think too many people start and stop because they don't go long enough to see the benefits. And if you're not seeing or feeling some kind of benefit in at least a couple of months, then you need to reevaluate, you know, the plan that you're doing. Right. Number one thing is basically accountability and to start getting yourself on a schedule too. I feel like that that's the one thing that helped me. Like if I like wrote it down and it's like, okay, I'm going to work out during these times, you know, what would be some like practical tips to get somebody like over that workout hump aside from like grabbing a coach, like say if somebody's, you know, especially during COVID at home, trying to do some things on YouTube, can't go to the gym. Cause for example, in Boston where I'm based, all the gyms are closed right now, which is yeah. crazy. You know, it's, it's crazy because it's been proven that the gym really doesn't, you don't transmit if you're doing it, you know, if everybody's sanitizing and cleaning, but for some reason they still shut it down. So I know, I know personally, a lot of people who are struggling because they're like, I need that accountability when I go in, you know, I show up, I'm with my class, we do this. So it's like, now, how do you transition to it? 
when you're at home. You it's know? hard. I mean, it's been a challenge for everybody. And, you know, I own personal training studios. We were shut down, you know, we're open, you know, praise the Lord right now for now, you know, doing well, we switched to zoom training. So for our clients, but for somebody, let's say they don't have a, again, if they're going to the gym, they've got their classes. I, you know, I know a lot of the, the gyms are doing the online classes. So it's, you know, it's just showing up, it's adapting. It gets back to that, you know, it gets back to that commitment, you know, because there's always reasons not to do something. And, and I've seen it with my clients and with, with certain people, you've heard the quarantine 15, you know, and that's, that's happened to a lot of people, but there's also some people that have gotten in the best shape of their lives, you know, so it's all about uh, using it. But I say, I'm a huge believer as I know you are, you know, in, in your mindset and, and your thoughts, but I believe the fastest way and the best way, it, when, especially in terms of working out is just to friggin' force yourself to move when you don't feel like it. Because if you're out of shape, you're tired, you're depressed, you know, you're at home with, you know, you're maybe you've had a pay cut or lost your job, like doing affirmations or telling yourself, I'm going to go get fit. I can do it. That's hard. It's easier to move. What I tell my clients is don't wait to get motivated to move, move to get motivated. Just force yourself to get outside and take a few steps or, you know, do a couple of push-ups or do some stretches. And then once you move, you start feeling better and that increases uh, the motivation. So that's probably the biggest thing is to, if you wait until you feel like it, you may be waiting forever. But if you just force yourself to move, then you get some good momentum going. That's awesome, right? Just start moving and then eventually you'll get start the beginner workouts or go for a walk, then run, you know, and I always use this model. I'm like, first you crawl, then you walk, then you run. Right. So it's like, you got to take it step by step. Some people are like, Oh, I, you know, these workouts just seem crazy. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm like, I'm like, just go for a walk first at your pace. Right. Cause I'm sure that you've dealt with a lot of beginner level and they're like, ah, Russ, how do I get to these abs, man? <laughs> you know, like kind of thing, you know, what's the biggest hurdle that you see? with clients from day one who really aren't used to working out or having this workout schedule or exercising, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's making a habit and it's fitting into their schedule, you know, because again, when I, I started this as, as a younger man, it was all about, you know, being shredded, having the abs and all that. And I still, you know, I want to look good. I'm, I'm proud of that. But as I'm 46 now, I have three kids, I have three businesses for me. I want to look good, but I want to feel good. I want to have good energy you know, I want my confidence, my, for me, it's not just physical, it's, it's mental, emotional, and physical health all together. This is, I work with a lot of business owners, executives, so I help them, you know, I listen to what their goals are. And, you know, what I found is most people, they just want to feel better and they want to look better. And people typically, I hear weight loss first, but then when I really talk to them, they're like, yeah, that would be nice, but I really just want to, I want to feel better. You know, and then I help them see, especially like the, the entrepreneurs, executives, and business owners, like you are your company's biggest asset, like yeah. hands down. If you're broken down and can't do anything, your company could be in big trouble unless you've got amazing systems and people. But even so, if you're not operating at 100%, you know, if you're only operating at 40 or 50%, there's no way you're going to maximize your business. And so helping them, you know, see that and making those connections uh, one other thing I think is really important is, you know, again, because I get a lot of people, oh, how do you get the abs, this and that, but I help people to realize it's, it's, and it's easy to think, well, I can never do that. And I'm not, you know, until I have a six pack, I haven't achieved anything, which is crap. So you got to learn to love yourself and be okay with, hey, here's where I am. I'm the perfect version of me right now. I know I want to improve and I'm going to take those steps to improve. But if we set those unrealistic expectations that, you know, until I get to my 
ultimate body, you know, whatever that is, because it's subjective anyway, that I'm, I'm not going to feel good about myself, then that can be a, a self-defeating, you know, thought. So helping people to, you know, be okay with, with where they are and actually enjoy the, have the goal, work towards the goal and take measurements, but actually be okay with, you know, every step of the process. I love that. I love that, Russ. And two, so you were in accounting before. So what sort of inspired that journey? Because it just seems like polar opposites. What inspired that journey for you? Polar opposites. I went to school. I went to Auburn University because my parents went there and I grew up going to the football games. My buddies were going there. I played basketball in high school. I was good. I got recruited by some smaller schools, but not you know good enough to get recruited by a huge school. So I went to Auburn and went into business because that sounded good. Went into accounting because some of my buddies were doing it, took my first class, it clicked for me. Everybody's like, you either get accounting or you don't. And I, I just, I got it. And then everybody said, you know, hey, you'll have a, oh, it's a great career. You'll have a great job. You know, they had the, the job fairs and that's how I picked my career. And, you know, I'm grateful for it, for what I learned about numbers and the experiences I had. But I mean, I picked my career based on it seemed like a good career and I could do it, which, you know, now to me seems crazy. And this is one of the things I'm most passionate about because I know, I've so many people, they pick their job based on those things. Can I make money? Am I good at it? Or they just kind of fall into it. Mm. And so as passionate as I am about helping people transform their bodies and their health, I am about like, we get one chance, you know, on this earth. And, you know, that to me, like being, I've taken some risk. I've had a lot of failures, a lot of challenges, but like, I remember when I quit my job, cause I was climbing the corporate ladder, making good money. And I opened my first studio and I got interviewed by a local newspaper. And she was like, were you scared, you know, to leave that safe paying job to take this risk? And I said, of course I was, but I was way more scared of being 85 and have done something my whole life just to do it that I didn't love that what I wasn't put on earth for and, and having regret. You just touched on something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is regret is far worse than fear. That's one of my biggest mantras. It's like, I could never accept the fact looking back 85 years old, like you said, and be like, I wish I did. 100%. This. 100%. And, and, and then again, as the older I get, I think differently before it was all about, you know, me and what I can accomplish and pursuing my dreams. And I still have that in me. Trust me, I want to be super successful. But it's like, if I had just been an accountant, I would have never fulfilled my God given gift of being able to transform lives. That would be a, a huge waste. So it's much bigger than, you know, I think, especially now everybody's, you know, stressed out and, and has these extra, you know, burdens and, and stress. It's easy to get consumed with yourself and just uh, surviving. But, you know, I believe we're a much bigger part, you know, we're all unified and that we each have a purpose God has put us on earth for, and that it's our obligation and duty to go fulfill that. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't. Right. To me, it, it always terrifies me how, how often people can settle and how easily they can, right? Because if you think about it, right? So you go to school, you go to high school, then you're, you know, you're transitioned into college. And then from college, you're expected to get a nine to five job. And then from there, you're expected to get married, have kids. And then it's like, throughout that process, it can just, by the time you're climbing the corporate ladder, you're having a family. When do you have time to process? Like, what do you actually want to do? Because you're rushed into the next phase so quickly. Like it's almost pre-planned for you, right? So I'm, I like tell people just, you got to break that mold. And that's the hardest part is breaking. Like you said, creating those habits or like a thought process. That's like, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, if you really sit down and think about it, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. For what reason? You know, 
It is hard, Pamela. I mean, when I, you know, so we were speaking before, you know, we went on the air. I told you I have three young kids and I had kids, you know, later in life. When I quit my accounting job, I had, I quit my job with, you know, no clients, no, no real business plan, no nothing. I just knew I was doing it. But I can, I had some savings and I could do that. I had no, you know, I could live off of almost nothing. But, you know, someone who's has three kids, you know, has mortgage and cars to pay for and, and these expenses, you probably can't just instantly pursue your dream. But right. what you can do is maybe wake up one hour earlier or spend one hour at night every single day. I've got a buddy, the one hour entrepreneur, and he talks about this. You just put that one hour in consistently towards building something, you know, of your own while you're still focused on your, you know, your job that you have to do, you can still eventually get there. So, you know, I'm not going to tell people that have a bunch of responsibilities and have kids to just quit your job and be foolish, but you know, you can at least get a game plan, you know, to, to go do that. But to your point, you, a lot of people, they don't know, they, they know they want something more, they're meant for more or different, but they don't know what that is. And so I think a couple of things, I think number one is, you know, being excellent at what you're doing now. And, and I was pretty good at this with my accounting job, you know, even though I knew it wasn't what I was meant for, you know, I still gave my best effort because right. a lot of people think, well, once I get doing what I really love, then I'll, you know, I'll turn it on and I'll be great. But no, if you can, you've got to become the person that is worthy of, you know, having that opportunity by being great at what you are. And then the other thing I'd say is taking some time to get out of your normal environment. Like we, my wife and I make a point to go on vacations uh, with our kids once a year and just us once a year. And when I'm on vacation out of my environment and I can relax a little, I have the best thoughts. Like you can just like, cause you're in it every day, rat race, rat race, rat race. And you can't even, you can't even think you're just going. It's like you're climbing the mountain, but am I even climbing the right mountain? Am I, you know, in the, in the first place. And so to just be able to sit and, and think and, and reflect. And I think a lot of people, they, they feel like, you know, oh, I've got to find my true purpose. And, you know, you will be patient and don't feel like it has to be this huge epiphany. Like just be great at what you are, you know, take some time to think for yourself and, and just keep you know, being open to ideas, you know, listen to clues and, and you'll find it. And then it may change over time, you know, in, in, in what you do. Right. And I love that you mentioned that one hour, the one hour entrepreneur, because some people think like, you know, for me to start a business, it has to be this big elaborate, like I have to quit my job. I have to do this. And I had to stop a friend of mine who was like, Pam, I'm going to quit my job and, and do this and jump right in. And I was like, hold on a second. I was like, build it on the side first. Everyone can commit to an hour a day right? Build it slowly. And I, and what I always suggest is like, you know, cause like you mentioned the responsibilities and stuff like that, when you build that and able to replace your income, then make the switch, make the jump, but do it slowly side hustle. You know, if you've got all these responsibilities, you've got all these things, just do it side hustle, just like you said. So I thought that that was beautiful. And then also too taking the time for self-care to really come back and reflect. I thought was awesome. What you were mentioning, same here. My best ideas come when I'm not in my usual madness and craziness on construction sites and this and that that's my world right but like when I'm pulled out of it it's like I can think I can reflect I can do this and think about this and, and all that so I think that that's awesome and you also mentioned something that you've had a lot of challenges right because a lot of people look at you now you know you've been on Grand Cardone stages you're killing it six-pack abs awesome family you know what have been some of the biggest challenges that you have faced throughout your journey and how do you overcome them? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that because when you see people that are 
successful and, and I'm nowhere near my new potential, you know, but when you see people, and I'm, I feel good to this, you think, man, they, they got it made, they're lucky. And then when, if you actually go talk to that person or, or even just study them and hear their story, they've all been through challenges. It's never a straight road up. So I told, okay, I told you I won the contest. I'm on the top of the world. This is what I'm meant to do with my life. I go out to this, you know, event with this company that I won the contest with. We do this, you know, whole training thing and I come back and my, um, my right arm, it's my right arm. Yeah. It started getting really like big and swollen and ultra muscular, which was cool at first, but then it started getting blue and I knew something was wrong. And I ended up having a, I had a blood clot in my arm, which is extremely rare. And it was, you know, it was a combination of um, a lot of different things, genetics and, you know, the way I had done the contest and I flew into Denver with their altitude different and, you know, did some extreme training there and, wow. and then just the way I'm built. So I got a blood cut. I was in the hospital for four days on blood thinners to make sure it didn't go to my heart and kill me, you know, number one, which I was concerned about, but I was more concerned when the doctor said, you can't, you can't lift anything for upper body for three months and you can't do any workouts for at least eight weeks or you could die. And oh. to me, that was a death sentence. Cause I, again, I just won this contest. This was like, this is what I was meant to do. And I thought it was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm devastated. But you know, I waited my 12 weeks. I came back and, and I, you know, came back bigger and better right after I quit my job and decided to open my own studio. I ended up first wife left me and I just had a, you know, without going into details, that was a, a big challenge there. My dad, who was my best friend, biggest supporter, and who actually really inspired me to, to go for it. Because I remember when I told my parents, I'm quitting my job and I go open these studios and be this fitness guy. And, you know, my mom was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, are you sure? You know, and it was again, just mom trying to protect me, you know, right. these things come and go. And I remember my dad, who was super conservative, he worked for the phone company for Bell South for, for 40 years, you know, one job. And I was always, you know, obviously love, respected my dad. And I remember he said, you know, Russ, when my dad, uh, he goes, I regret that I never took more risk. And he said, I, but I remember when my dad was asking me, you know, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, I don't know, but I'm going to be successful. I know you're going to be successful. And that really just like filled me up to, to give me the confidence to go do it. So I quit my job. I'm going through divorce. And then a few months later, my dad gets sick, suddenly 60 years old in perfect health, dies in seven weeks. And so I just felt like I was getting, you know, friggin' punched in the face over and over. And then uh, I'll give you one more. <laughs> I've had plenty. One more challenge is at about 30 years old. Again, I'm a fitness guy. This is my life. I'm having some major pain in my, my hip, left hip, uh, get an x-ray, have early bone on bone arthritis. And so, you know, but I'm too young to get a hip replacement. And so I just gutted it out for 11 years, you know, did chiropractic, all of the natural stuff, but you know, bone on bone is bone on bone. It hurts. And finally at 41 years old, I decided to have a hip replacement because it was really hurting. You know, I did my research and talked to people and, you know, everybody I talked to was like, greatest thing I ever did. You're going to feel amazing. And, and so I had the surgery, you know, went well, eight days after surgery, ironically enough, I'm making protein pancakes, drop some on the ground. And I'm like, I probably shouldn't pick this up, but uh, I'll just do it. So I thought I was getting in a, a stable position, ended up, I knew dislocation was a possibility, but it was like a 1% chance, especially because I went in from the front anterior, dislocates, worst pain imaginable. I mean, literally fall to the ground. Thank God I had my phone, call my wife, paramedics come, you know, they're pumping me full of drugs, not helping with the pain at all. 
get to the hospital. They have to, I'm there for like four hours to make, and then they got to x-ray it to make sure it's dislocated. I'm like, I'm sure it's dislocated. And I thought they had to do surgery again, but that the way they do it is they like shotgun your leg out, <laughs> and pull it in and out. They gave me laughing gas and said to relax. I was wide awake. Again, I'm a 220 pound six, six guy. So they're giving me the standard dosage and they tried to do it. And I just screamed the whole hospital heard it. So then they finally gave me real jugs, got my hip in, but I'm telling you, Pam, this is just four years ago. No, five, five years ago. Now I've been focused on personal development, you know, mindset. I, I have the mindset I can overcome anything, mm-hmm. but I went to a dark place. I was like, this is over. I started doing the worst thing. I'm Googling hip dislocations and, you know, hearing about people where it's dislocated three times, four times, 10 times, you know, for the rest of their life. I'm like, I'm this gimp. My career's over. I've got these, you know, young son at that time. I'm not going to be able to be a dad. It was a very tough time, but I got myself together. Five weeks later, I started going back to the gym, doing super light upper body with machines. I mean, it's been a long road for me. I don't know if it's because of the dislocation, but I just last year, my hips been feeling really good. I mean, it took four years and I was having all kinds of issues, even after the surgery. The right one is uh, arthritic now. It's, it's painful, but I've, I'm working with some experts and, and overall I feel pretty good. So, you know, my life's not perfect. I can't do everything I used to be able to do with working out, uh, but I can do a lot. I can do a lot. So, I mean, I, I can tell you anybody that people look at me is perfect, you know, fitness, you know, health, they would never guess that I've been through that I have these major hip issues until, until I tell them or if they see me limping, if yeah. it's a bad day. And number two, that I, I have been and still can be a massive overeater or binge eater at times. <laughs> and I like to be transparent about those things, because I think that's one of the, the challenges people see somebody that's, you know, say that, you know, great health, great fitness, I could never do that. Or somebody super rich or successful, I could never do that. It's easy for them. And, right. and I like to be totally transparent about the, the challenges that, that I've overcome and continue to overcome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it because I know it's not easy to think about the challenges, but it's so important, right? Because you just never know like who's listening in that might be going through the same thing, right? And needs this support and like how'd Russ get through it? Like Russ is so successful. Like, and, and I love that you're so transparent and honest because it's like, it provides reality, in a way, right? Because sometimes, you know, you know, stereotypes come into play, right? And I look at somebody awesome like you and I'm like, he's got six packs, he's got it all together. He's super successful. You know what I mean? This is the reason why I started this podcast was because I'm like, guys, there's so much realness and there's a process to everybody because you're facing trials and tribulations. Like this is normal. It's okay. Right. It's okay. And you know, everyone paints a facade out there and it, you know, cause who wants to share their struggles in the outside world? Right. No, nobody does, but we're all human. Right. At the end of the day. So I want to thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, during your challenges, what was it that inspired you throughout the process? Was there like a mantra or some, or somebody who influenced you that kind of kept you going throughout those times? Like what got you over the hump? You know, when you got the, the, uh, working out, yeah. Working out. I mean, again, going through that divorce, going through my dad dying. The hardest was the hip thing because I couldn't work out. The hip and the blood clot. I've forgotten about that one because it's so so long ago. That was the hardest because it took away the one thing I knew could make that I could control that makes me feel good. It makes me feel, you know, it can control, yeah, how my body looks, my physical strength, but just it can make, I mean, everybody knows it who's ever, even if you've worked out once, right? You you hate going. But you, you never regret that you did it. You always just feel better. 
you know, you get those endorphins going, you feel better mentally, physically. So that's the, that's the biggest thing that's gotten me through. The other thing is, is mentors, whether it's personal coaches or whether it's just listening to, to podcasts, you know, like yours and, you know, following people like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, you know, just staying inspired. And, and that's another thing I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, I've, a lot of people tell me you're the most positive guy I've ever met in my life. And I love that. I can tell you, I've worked just as hard on that as I do on my body. It's not natural. I can be as negative or pessimistic or, or depressed as, as anybody. And, and just like working out, it's ongoing. It's not like you go to one event or read one book and now your life changes. You're super Mr. or Mrs. Positive, at least not for me. Like I have to feed my mind and my emotions uh, something positive and inspiring uh, every single day. Right, right. And what would be like your mantra in a nutshell, if you, if you will? My mantra? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think you were going to stump me. I don't know if I have a, <laughs> like a, a mantra. Like, like I'll, a, I'll see if I come up with a, a, a better answer. I don't have one like I've, you know, written down uh, or anything. I mean, I have, you know, I, I, I have exercised your right to be awesome on my website, uh, which goes back to kind of what we were talking about. Um, so I guess you could call it, you know, that could be it, but really just like, and again, you see this in, in pretty much every person who achieves their goals. Like I never quit. If I'm, if I'm committed to something, I'm going to achieve it. Again, one of my top key employees said, how are we going to reach this goal in business? I said, well, here's, you know, here's the business plan. But the real answer is because, because I'm going to keep going until we do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so now in, in contrast with the challenges and all of these things that you've experienced, like what have been some of your biggest aha moments or like just the best experiences that, that you've had transformational, whether it be with your clients or personally. Yeah. I mean, the first one was for, for me personally, the first was again, you know, at that 10 year old, 11 year old kid where I, I decided I'm going to do this. And even though it took me a long time, you know, at 27, winning that contest was, was huge, you know, quitting my job, making this my career, you know, in business I mentioned earlier, gone to these events. I've had the opportunity over the years to, you know, do some, some public speaking and I never really took any, maybe I took a class, but not really, but you know, people always say, wow, like you're a great speaker. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, we have these talents and sometimes we don't see them uh, or we don't, we don't utilize them. And so we're sitting at uh, Grant Cardone's growth con three, a guy named Pete Vargas speaks and he does his whole thing on how to speak from stage and grow your business. And, and before he spoke, I was literally telling my wife, like, man, if I could imagine if I could get up on that stage, I bet I could you know, inspire people. I got, I can make a deal with Grant. Wow. And, and then Pete talks about their program where they teach you how to speak on stage. And they said, one person is going to win the opportunity to speak at the growth con next year. And what? my wife's like, you got to do this Russ. <laughs> and, and this is a great lesson too. I, I was like, I felt it in my heart. This is the right thing to do. This is for me. But then that, that negative voice. Yeah, but you don't really have time. You know, you got to, do you want to spend the money? This and that. And then my, luckily for me, I had my wife, Russ, go sign up. So I sign up. It had a checkbox literally that says, include me in the opportunity to speak on the 10X stage. I crossed it out and wrote, I will speak on the 10X stage. And it, to your point, I put it in the universe. And then I went to work. I showed up to every class. I learned. I started you know, doing stages. And, and as you heard, I, I won. I won, won and spoke on his stage in February. And then they, he had a virtual event. Uh, just a few months ago, and they had his a first ever, you know, pitch off, which is similar like a Shark Tank. Mm. And I said, well, I should do this too. I think I'll win that too. And, and ended up winning that um, as well, won $10,000. So 
making a, a decision, making a commitment is so, so key, but then you've got to do the work to follow through. You've got to do the work to follow through and, and be consistent. That's amazing. So those would be some of the, I mean, those would be some of the, the biggest ones. I mean, my kids being born, obviously, you know, get, getting married to my wife. I mean, now you're making me think about all my, you know, biggest days. And I think too, it's realizing, you know, you have these big events, but one thing I'm constantly working on myself because you could probably rate, or maybe you're, you're better at me than this, but as entrepreneurs, we're always going for the next thing and the next yes. goal. And that's a great, you need to have that, but it's easy to overlook and, and not enjoy. Um, I just have a, somebody, I found out yesterday, somebody I went to high school with passed away my age. And then it, you hear something like that. It just makes you realize like, I get to appreciate, like I'm alive today. It's sunny. I get to talk to you. Got my home. I've got food in there when I wanted. I got water. Like, you know, I've got great friends and just appreciating uh, all the, li- all the little things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you said something really important as entrepreneurs, we're always looking to the next thing. And I find myself in that right, like all the time, you kind of can't, you forget to realize how far you've come because you're so like committed to the next level and committed to the next level. But you, you said something that was really important. So it's important to just be present, right? Because when you hear the news like that, when somebody passes and you're like, oh my God, that could have been me, right? Could have been me. And it just kind of rocks you. But then you realize you got to be present. That's why they call the, you know, present is the gift, right? I love it. Something I'm working really, really hard on, especially having kids. Everybody says they grow up fast and, and, you know, I, I believe it. Sometimes I wish they'd grow up faster, but I know, you know, I'm not, my daughter, you know, hugging me the way she does and, and, you know, playing the little games we play, like that's not going to be, there's only maybe another year of, of this particular stage. And then I know there'll be other great stages, but right. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. That's so amazing. And now here's a question that I ask everybody and I always love asking it. What piece of advice would your older self give your younger self based on what you know now? Wow. I've got so many. Pursue your, your dream sooner. You know, don't just fall into the, the normal pattern. Don't spend so much time partying wasting money and time and, and, and drinking. I mean, again, I'm transparent. I'm, I was, I was one of the guys who, and I'm not anti-alcohol. I still, you know, drink my wife and I like to have a couple glasses of wine. I like, you know, margaritas, but you know, when in my twenties, I mean, I was one of the guys that looked great, you know, but was, you know, getting wasted every Friday and Saturday. Whereas, you know, I'm at a certain point of success in my life. If I had gotten serious sooner, I'd be way further which gets into finances. You know, I had some good advice from my dad. I did, I made some good choices financially, but I realize now if I had been serious uh, when I was, you know, in my teenage years or even at least in my early twenties, I would probably be completely financially free now. And that's something we're working towards is a big deal to me. I learned that from, you know, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki, like get to a point now again, Grant Cardone, get to a point where you never have to work again, where your passive income is paying for your expenses. And it doesn't mean you won't work, but there's a big difference in working because you want to and because you, and because you have to pay the bills. So those would be the, the things I would tell my uh, younger self and to, to appreciate, you know, every single, every single day, all the little things like we talked about. I love it. And what, and what would be some workout tips or mindset tips, practical advice that, that somebody could utilize um, in their day to day? Yeah, let me give you let me give you a couple of specific things people could take away. So something's better than nothing. 
But in terms of, and in, in terms of transforming your body, in terms of, you know, losing body fat, keeping it off permanently, one of the most important things is you, you have to include some type of strength training. I tell people your exercise plan should be something you enjoy or at least don't hate. But, you know, so if you like biking or running or walking or swimming or sports, you should do those. But in order to have the most success in losing body fat and keeping it off, you need to do some kind of strength training. And the reason is strength training is, is the only type of exercise that's going to increase lean muscle. And why that's important is lean muscle increases the number of calories you burn every day. So you've got something called your base metabolic rate. And so that's the number of calories it takes just to maintain your body, your body every day. So let's say it's 2000 calories. That means you could theoretically lay in bed all day, eat 2000 calories. You're not going to gain weight. You're not going to lose weight. And, and this is why most diets fail is most people, they go into a calorie deficit. They go into too big of a deficit and they're not doing strength training. So let's say they lose 50 pounds. They're going to lose. First of all, if they go, especially if they do a low carb diet or keto, every gram of carbohydrates holds two to three grams of water. So if you cut out carbs completely, that's why you lose seven to 10 pounds or whatever in the first week. It's just water. It's not bad, but it's not your, nothing's changed with your body. Um, you're going to lose some fat. So that's a good thing, but inevitably you're going to lose muscle, which is a huge problem because muscle is what drives that base metabolic rate. So let's say somebody loses that 50 pounds, they've lost, you know, 10 or 15 pounds of muscle. Their base metabolic rate's not 2000 anymore. It's only say 1700 or 1600. They're starving because they probably put their calories too low. Now they go eat with, they're like, forget this, I'm starving. They go start eating how they used to. And now they're actually gaining more weight because their base metabolic rates lower than before. They would have been better off if they never did the diet. Then they get motivated again and do another drastic diet. So most people are driving that base metabolic rate lower and lower and lower. And so one of the flip side, it works opposite. So strength training every pound of lean muscle you add burns an extra 10 to 40 calories a day. And for example, my male clients add between 10 and 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, the first year working with me, female add between five and, and 10 pounds. And, and that's the other thing. I don't want to scare. I say muscle. A lot of people, sometimes ladies get fear. I'm going to be this big bulky person. No five to 10 pounds of muscle spread out will not make you big. It'll make you, you know, nice toned lean. Uh, but let's say you add 10 pounds of muscle. Now you're burning even at 20 calories per pound and everybody's genetics are different, but this is just an estimate. You're burning an extra 200 calories a day. So now you've turned yourself, you're now you're at 2,200. You've turned yourself into a fat burning machine. That's why my clients are shocked. So here's a success story for you. Paul been working with me two years. He lost over 80 pounds in the first year. Uh, he was a pudgy guy, got sub 10% body fat, you know, the abs looking great. And now he's eating like 4,000 calories a day and he's building muscle, he's getting stronger and he's staying around 10, 11% body fat. And, it, and people don't get that. And people see how much I eat, like, how can you eat that? Well, it's because I understand, you know, the understand metabolism. So include some kind of strength training at least two times a week, uh, you know, three to four is, is optimal. Anything more than that, unless you're, you know, a bodybuilder, you know, fitness competitor, you just like working out more than that. Three to four times a week is great. You want me to give one more nutrition tip? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. On nutrition, I think a lot, you know, again, a lot of people say, hey, I want to lose weight and I want to be healthier. And the thing is, is eating healthy and eating to, you know, lose weight or let's say get a good body. They're not the same thing. And, and here's proof. So, you know, eating healthy is things we know, like avoiding, you know, a bunch of sugar, processed foods, you know, drinking alcohol, all that kind of stuff, you know, getting your fruits and vegetables, all that. But you may know somebody, you can probably think of somebody, they eat tons of fruits and vegetables. Maybe they're vegan. They don't do any alcohol, no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no nothing, but they're overweight or they're skinny fat. You're familiar with that term. Eating to 
but eating healthy is important because it's important for our, for our insides. Eating to look good all comes down to your, your calories and your, your macronutrition, which is your, your calories, protein, carbs, and fat. Micronutrition, which is the vitamins and minerals, that, that does play a role in how you look. But, and again, I've tested this because I, you, can, you can look great and eat all junk food. You know, but that's not a good answer because now you're unhealthy on the inside. So my philosophy and what I teach my clients, what I do myself, and I finally feel like I figured it out how you can have, you know, great body, health, energy, and it's sustainable forever. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you can get in a calorie deficit and lose weight and, and look good, do, you know, getting rid of carbs, this and that. And, and I know a lot of people love the keto diet, but to me, it's not realistic to never eat a carbohydrate again. So that in that sense, it's a temporary thing. And so what I do when I teach my clients is 80% of the time eat healthy foods because we care about our health, right? Fruits, vegetables, you know, grains, nuts, all that kind of stuff. 20% of the time eat whatever the heck you want uh, because that's because it's unrealistic to never eat unhealthy food. And hear me, it's better to do 100% of the time eat all healthy foods, but who's going to do that? Right. Nobody. <laughs> Maybe right. a couple right. of people. So 20% of the time without guilt, without saying, oh, this is a bad food. Oh, I'm cheating. No, eat what you want. But 100% of the time, get the right amount of uh, calories for yourself and the right amount of, of protein, carbs, and fat. And then I like to make that simpler by saying, get your calories right, get your protein right, carbs and fat, let them fall where they fall. Because if you get your calories right and your protein right, and the reason protein is important is protein is the only macronutrient that builds lean muscle. And mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, you build lean muscle, it increases your calorie burning. Uh, the other cool thing about protein is every food has a thermic, there's something called the thermic effect of food. It takes a certain amount of calories just to digest that food. So if you eat hundred calories of uh, carbs or fat, it takes about 5%. So about five calories to digest that. So you're really only netting, so to speak, 95 calories. Thermic effect of food of protein is about 20%. So if you eat hundred calories of protein, you're only netting, you're using 20 calories to digest it. So sometimes with clients, I'll, if, you know, if, if they hit a sticking point in their, you know, fat loss, I may not even decrease their calories, but I'll just take carbs or fat down a little bit, usually carbs, increase their protein and they'll start, start moving again because of that thermic effect of food. And because it helps them increase their uh, lean muscle, which increases your metabolism uh, and fat burning. So I, I found, and then a lot of people ask how many meals a day should I eat intermittent fasting, this and that. Yeah. I grew up old school bodybuilding, you know, eating every two hours, you know, eating six, eight meals a day works great. Now that I have three kids run three businesses, I, I don't have time for that. I tried intermittent fasting a few years ago. I love it. Um, I get to eat two big meals a day. I don't have to think about eating until noon. So it's more efficient, but it's not for everybody. So, so how many meals a day you eat, I've realized does not matter that much. Mm. It can matter a little, but for most people who just want to feel good and look good, 80% healthy stuff. 20% the stuff you enjoy, get your calories, protein right, and eat as many. If you want to eat three meals a day, great. If you want to eat six, great. If you want to eat one, great. But get those factors right. And that's something that can make you, you know, top 5%, if not top 1% of, of looking good, feeling good, and that's where you can actually enjoy life and do it for the rest of your life versus, you know, some kind of quick fix. I love that, Russ. Thank you so much for those tips. And what's next in your world? 
Yeah, so I've got some uh, some big goals. You know, I decided, you know, for this year at, at 46, I want to get, I, I up this every year, I want to get in the best shape of my life, you know, so I want to build, I'm, I'm focused on building some muscle and strength. You know, I've, I've stayed pretty lean, but you know, it's fun for me to kind of go through phases. So getting muscular and strong, the biggest thing for me though, is, is getting pain-free is, you know, being able to feel great. And I'm, I'm pretty close again. I, I struggle with my hips for so long. I get used to just being in pain all the time. So it's pretty cool to, to have a day where I used to have a day where it was like, you know, either I'm in some pain or tons of pain. And now it's like, I either have a little bit or none. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing. So I want to continue that working on my mobility, flexibility, health, and then business-wise, you know, I mentioned, I've got some big goals. I want to, you know, grow my company uh, within my studios and really expand our online footprint. You know, I'm already working with people in seven countries. So I just want to, you know, my mission, I told you I've helped tens of thousands of people. I want to help 1 million people, you know, become the best version of themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally, so they can fulfill what they were put on earth to do to the best of their ability. And in order to do that, we have to, uh, we, we have to get big. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now you got to let everybody know where to find you. Absolutely. So they can find me at rushyeager.com and it's, uh, Yeager is Y-E-A-G-E-R. There's a couple of ways to spell it. And then I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn under my name, Rush Yeager. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift. And join us on the next episode. 